Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. What's up? Another day on Let's Go There. More music coming up here on Channel Q. It's Shira, Ryan Basham in the studio filling in for Ryan Mitchell. We're twins. Yeah, exactly. You know, I... I'm on the air. You don't see what I'm doing, right? Because we don't have video. But I just realized Vanessa, producer Vanessa, who's usually on the morning show, she was our producer, is here and doing some social media. And I forgot she's shooting. And I'm just like itching my head. That's so funny. Well, as soon as I saw her camera come up, I was like, man, I should have done my hair today. <laughs> You're under a hat. What hair I know, do you need I, to do? Uh, you, my hair is great, okay? What does it look like under there? Look, you always wear a hat. I'm like a ginger. I'm a day walking oh, ginger, though. Cute. So, you actually like, have hair. You have nothing to hide. I know. Well, you know, here's the thing if I don't have time to do it, it looks like a uh, you know, mop. On That's my pretty head. much like me. And I actually posted a picture of it on my social media today. Like I had my hair in um in a bun, and then you know I, I after I go to take a shower, I take it out, and literally it was like a puff ball. I don't even know how it gets like that. I was like, damn girl, get it together. That's so funny. Uh, so we have a lot coming up on the show. I'm so excited. It's uh, a really good show. Yeah, three thirty five p.m. Pacific, six thirty five p.m. Eastern. We're talking about queer animals. I'm so excited about this conversation. I'm actually really excited yes. about that. It's like animals and queer space. Like you know, my two favorite things. You know what? I'm a queer animal. You are. I'm very queer. Depends on what day it is. Hey. Who you're hanging out with. Did I do my hair? (laughs) Um, Also, you know, this was a big story that came out yesterday. The trans woman's photo who was used to spread this theory about the Texas shooter. And we see news joins us for that in 30 minutes. But let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. Uh, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz walked away from this Stone Sky News interview after he was asked about one, what he thought about the shooting, and of course, gun laws. There are 19 sets of parents who, who are never going to get to kiss their child goodnight again. Is this the moment to reform gun laws? You know, it's, it's easy to go to politics. But it's important. It's at the heart of the issue. I, I get that that's where the media likes to go. No, it's not. It's where many of the people we've talked to here like to go. The pro- Okay, uh, that was Sky News. Stone is the reporter. But yeah, it's like, I'm so sick of them saying, Republicans, saying, oh yeah, it's a, a political conversation. No, this is actually what I think, like, just humans, like we as humans living in this world and wanting to be safe, want to know what we do when someone who isn't in their right mind to have these things, what do we do when they get them and when they get them easily? Yeah. What are we going to change about that? I mean, it's, it's, it's not about the people that are 
I can just use them and then are okay with using them and they're they're not no. going to be crazy with no, them. No, there are plenty of developed nations that have responsible gun owners. They also have the same amount of mental health issues we have. But the key difference is the way you access guns is different. And that's how we prevent people from, that's how they prevent people from doing this. This is, once again, typical USA politicizing it. This mm-hmm. is, and th- we need to get this out of being a political issue and just say, like, what do we need to do to protect everyone in this country? Well, and to be clear, when the, the Republicans saying we shouldn't p- talk about politics right now when this happens is a coordinated strategy. They've been doing it for years. Of course. Of course. And then the whole mental health thing it was like, where were you when we're talking about health care? Exactly. Right? It's like. You know, uh, and, and then it even goes even further. Why are people having such bad mental health here? Well, they're not paid the right wages. They don't have the care they need. They don't have a, a roof over their head. They don't have enough food. They can't take care of their children. They can't take care of themselves. These are fixable things the government can work on. But yeah. Republicans won't let us. Okay, well, moving on to out gay Colorado Governor Jared Polis, who just signed a bill to help resolve a legal issue that denied same-sex parents the legal custody of their own children. I mean... Right? Uh, The bill known as Marlowe's Law was named after the child of Colorado House Majority Leader Dania Escar. When Escar gave birth to her daughter, Marlowe, using genetic material from her wife, both women were actually really surprised to find out that they had to legally adopt their child in order to have legal custody of the child they created together. So the law formally called HB 22-1153 helped streamline the adoption process for same-sex parents whose children were conceived by assisted reproduction. So needed. Happy that's happening. And finally, the intersection where George Floyd died at the hands of Minneapolis police officers was renamed in his honor yesterday among a series of events to remember uh, the man whose killing forced America to confront racial injustice. Of course, it was the two-year anniversary, I can't believe it, of George Floyd's murder yesterday. Wild. Yeah, Floyd's brother Terrence was among family members to attend the commemorative street signing um, at the corner of 38th Street and Chicago Avenue. It's now called George Perry Floyd Square on the two-year anniversary of his death. That was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News. Well, me and being somebody in the neighborhood that was full of nobodies. This is recently breaking news and and really sad uh, to a lot of people. Ray Liotta, uh, you heard him there, I think, from Goodfellas, uh, died at 67. Um, He's survived by his fiancée and a daughter, 23. Um, You know... um, he died in his sleep in the Dominican Republic, people confirmed. And, um, you know, he was with his fiance when he died. But, you know, I mean, it's so interesting. He was just starting to have a renaissance in his career. Mm-hmm. He actually told people uh, late last year, he said, for some reason, I've been busier this year than I have in all the years I've been doing this. And I still feel I'm not there yet. I just think there's a lot more. It's heartbreaking. Oh, heartbreaking. It's so Gone sad. And 67 is still so young right now. It is. Now. It is. You know? And they said what the cause of death was? We don't know the cause of death, just yeah. that he died uh, in his sleep. So sad. But no, no foul play is expected or is suspected. So. All right. Well, next up on the show, what Texas Governor Greg Abbott's plan is to curb shootings happening in schools in the state. More with the Washington Post after this. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is responding to Tuesday's elementary school shooting by focusing on promoting mental health services and bringing together a task force who created a 40-point plan. Joining us right now is White House reporter David Nakamura. Thank you for being here. Uh, Thanks for having me. So let's get into this. What does the solution entail exactly, this 40-point plan? Well, Abbott released a 40-point plan three years ago, actually, after a different school shooting, and uh, the state of Texas uh, still has not fully implemented it. Uh, what the plan mostly focused on, though, was 
what they call hardening uh, school campuses, which means adding security guards, uh, doing threat assessments, uh, making uh, entrances more secure, uh, adding cameras, maybe uh, metal detectors, uh, things that would basically add more security around the buildings and uh, even in some cases uh, guards or or guardians, they call them. But uh, I think what the critics are saying is that Abbott is not tackling one of the biggest uh, potential solutions, which is a stiffer gun control. And in a state like Texas, uh, where the state legislature is uh, majority Republican, there's not a, not, not, not a lot of support uh, for some of the stricter gun control measures. But the, the state has tried uh, pr- or proposed um, smaller measures. Uh, they just have not gone anywhere. This is so interesting. And, I, and I, I, if I understand correctly, Abbott has signed several law bills into law that are, seem to be what many people are calling half measures. Can, what are the assessments of the, the actual value of, of Abbott's efforts to curb gun violence in schools? Yeah, so he's, as I mentioned, he talked about the school hardening. He's also talked a lot about sort of mental health services, which are important. I think most people agree adding mental health services for a lot of reasons are important. Um, but there are the measures they've, they've looked at in terms of issues like gun control, which is, of course, the most uh, controversial uh, with the, the most uh, partisanship in the debate, um, are, you know, smaller measures. They're talking about a gun storage law, which would require uh, people who own guns to, to keep them more secure. Uh, the legislature debated it. Uh, all they were able to approve, though, was basically a $1 million uh, ad campaign in Texas uh, promoting gun uh, storage uh, safety, but, uh, but not requiring it. Uh, in another case, uh, after the school shooting in Santa Fe, uh, which had killed 10 students um, three in, in 2018, uh, the governor did include in, his, in, in that 40-point plan uh, what's called a red flag law, which would allow relatives or a police to petition a court to take guns away from someone who was considered a threat. Uh, but the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, who's a, who's a big gun rights supporter and many gun rights groups, uh, were vehemently, vehemently against it, and Abbott basically backed away from, from supporting the idea. So uh, that is really what the crux of this is. You saw Beto O'Rourke, uh, who's, of course, running for the Democratic, uh, on the Democratic nomination uh, against, uh, you know, uh, uh, Governor Abbott uh, in the fall, uh, you know, interrupt his press conference yesterday and yeah. basically yell at him that you haven't done anything. So, uh, you know, this debate continues. Which is true. I mean, who's going to hold him responsible or is he ever going to be held accountable for the for trying to put out this plan, but not even enforcing it? Right. If anything, a month ago, he slashed funding for mental health in the state. So, like, what is yeah, he doing? Then- Right. I mean, the, the plan and the plan that, you know, even even the, the, during the press conference yesterday, the, the state officials acknowledged that even though they had that plan, they were left a lot of it optional to allow schools, I guess, flexibility. But a number of schools did not implement all the measures, even even the schools in uh, uh, Uvalde, Texas, uh, did not implement all of the uh, uh, the measures. And, and not all the measures necessarily would have would have uh, prevented the shooting. That's for sure. Uh, no one's saying it's going to prevent any everything. But, you know, I think the biggest question, again, comes down to, you know, whether the state would move toward anything related to gun control and better work at betting that voters want to. Uh, but I think what you've seen from Governor Abbott is he continues, even though when he's, he's, he's been having to confront the possibility of doing anything on gun control, he just has mostly backed away. Well, to the point of the uh, really high-profile election coming in the fall for governor in Texas, do we? What do we know about this issue and how it is affecting the electorate? Do we think that it, it that it makes a big difference for both candidates and their bases? Do we? What do we know? And how will this change yes, what happened, does, yeah. by the way? You know, like well, this I think I think. I think what you're saying is Democrats are betting that this and as well as the potential Supreme Court change of the abortion law will, 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 will motivate their base. And even in a state like Texas, uh, you know, the better work believes that, you know, what he did yesterday sort of confronting Abbott will, will play well to his base. But I think what you saw on stage 
yesterday it was a Republican playbook, which is to say that, you know, Democrats, including Biden and uh, President Biden and uh, and Beto O'Rourke are what they are saying politicizing this. Now, I think a lot of people would say we need to have a solution after a, a terrible tragedy after this. Of course, you need to to galvanize you know public ideas and debate legislation and so on. Uh, but they they were shouting at Beto O'Rourke yesterday. You know, how dare you? You're despicable. You know, don't don't yeah. come in here and uh, politicize this. And you're hearing that from gun rights groups I talked to yesterday as well. They're, that's already part of their talking points. And, and there's nothing that Biden can do to enforce anything. To say, like, no, okay, I mean, at this you, point, no. you're letting citizens die because you're not doing your job as the, the You know, the, this White House, this White House, of course, Jim Biden was vice president back, uh, you know, during the, uh, the Sandy Hook shooting that killed, uh, you know, more than 20 first graders, as you know. Uh, uh, president Obama at the time put Biden in charge of the task force that tried to get uh, sweeping legislation through. Uh, but that was, of course, blocked by, by most Republicans in, in, on Congress and, and, and a few Democrats. Uh, you know, so Biden recognized that he did move last year to a number of uh, you know, executive orders around some areas where the federal government can make a difference. But again, they're fairly minimal when you when you think of the bigger picture. And no, the, the, the president would need Congress to act. And so far, uh, there's no sense that that it will. OK, that was White House reporter David Nakamura from The Washington Post. Thank you so much again. Sure. Thanks for having me. Okay, coming up next, uh, a trans woman's photo is used to spread really baseless online theory about the Texas shooter. More next with NBC News. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Sam, a trans woman from Georgia has been thrown into the middle of this entire tragedy and the elementary school shooting in Texas after photos of her were shared on social media, including by conservatives like Representative Paul Gosar, that represented her as the shooter. I mean, it it breaks my heart and it makes me furious at the same time. Um, And now joining us again is Joe Yurkeba, NBC News Out reporter. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. Uh, Really unfortunate topic, though. Right. I mean, how did this even happen? So it started on 4chan. And, you know, those are always the famous last words. Um, But what happened was someone posted a photo of this woman, Sam, with um, a comment that said, here's the shooter's Reddit. Um, And at first, people kind of called it out. They were like, this looks nothing like the shooter. This isn't true. But then people started new threads and posted other photos of Sam where her face was less visible and used photos of other trans women um, where their faces weren't that visible. And the theory kind of took off from there. Um, And then it was elevated by prominent people like Candace Owens, the conservative media personality, and uh, a sitting congressman named Paul Gosar. Um, so it's kind of it's gotten really uh, big in the last couple of days, um, mostly because of the, you know, the way it's been elevated by these prominent uh, conservatives. I just, you know, I just kind of sitting here gobsmacked at like the more we learn, the the crazier this gets. Um, and I think I know this some of these posts were on Twitter and I, Twitter has been largely absent when hateful posts like this surface. And if Elon Musk's takeover is successful, he's pledged even less policing of content on that platform. So are things just going to get worse when it comes to hate speech on social media? Yeah, um, that's that's the fear, definitely, among trans people, um, for sure, is that, you know, right now, Sam, the trans woman um, whose photos have been spread around, uh, she said that what she's having to do is go through and individually report every single post with her image on both Twitter and Facebook. And that's hundreds of posts at this point. So you're putting the onus on the people who are being targeted, right, by this misinformation um, and, and hate speech. Um, and the idea is that, you know, if we remove content moderation policies, that's only going to get worse. And have you connected with Sam? I, I see in your article, what is she saying about all of this right now? 
Yeah. So she um, said she told me she's mostly feeling annoyed. um, And she said that really she's worried about the families um, who've lost their children in the shooting. And I think that really speaks to kind of who she is. Um, But she said that, you know, what she's thinking about is just that she wants to be safe when she leaves her house. Um, And she said that, you know, harassment for her on the Internet is nothing new, but this is the first time that she's been accused of murder. Wow. So, you know, I know we know a lot about, um, you know, some of these heinous people like Candace Owens who use transphobic language when they amplified this. But do we know anything about the people who started this? No. So that's part of the issue with sites like 4chan, right, is that like you can go onto 4chan and all of the people. So we looked at the original post that kind of kicked all of this off and all of the posters are completely anonymous. And that's why 4chan has kind of become this haven for white supremacists and um, far right people is because you can go on there. Um, nothing is tied to your name. It's completely anonymous. And so that's where misinformation really flourishes. And she actually had to post something showing her picture as of yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people have kind of responded to our article and been like, why are you sharing her picture? Um, But Sam has, you know, shared her own photo on Reddit to say, this is me. I'm alive. I don't live in Texas um, to kind of try to debunk this theory. And she's asked people to also, you know, report the post share the truth, um, the article and like her photo that she shared on Reddit, um, because it's really her sort of against these hundreds of people that are still spreading this baseless theory about her. Oh, my God. Okay. well, thank you so much for covering this. It's an unfortunate angle that's come out of this entire thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Okay, that was Joe Yerkeba, NBC News out reporter. Yeah, thank you again. And coming up next, we've got What's Trending This Hour. How Laverne Cox's latest project is sure to inspire the next generation after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right. Welcome back to the show. It is Shira and Ryan Basham is filling in for Ryan Mitchell. I just want to say, reach out and touch me. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, we are pretty close right it's now. It's been a pandemic. I haven't had I human know. contact in years. <laughs> We're not we're not at uh, the Abbey. We are in the studio at Channel Q. It's true. It's true. And even that, consensual. Absolutely. Consensual. Yeah, it was a request. It wasn't like a demand. Okay, good, Instructions. Good. No. All right. And I just meant like shake my hand. You know what I mean? Aww. Give me a hug. I haven't had a hug. Oh, okay. Well, all right. We could do hugs. Hugs are really important. Right? Yeah. They, they produce some sort of hormone Serotonin, or something. Serotonin, I think. That yeah, is yeah. It. It's, uh, yeah. We've proven that physical touch, like hugs, is necessary to our existence. Including when you do heart-to-heart, by the way. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done that? Heart-to-heart hugs? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heart-to-heart. Pee-pee-to-pee-pee Just... sometimes. Oh, okay. I swear, some I used, somebody used to call it that. I don't remember who. Uh, someone Just in my be life. aware of when you hug. Like, how many of us, like, you hug to the side, you hug, like, at a distance. Yeah, yeah. I think the most... I would say appropriate, but it might be uncomfortable, is a heart-to-heart. Of course, if you do have a chest, it could be awkward because whenever I do hug my boyfriend, I do know he's like, oh, yeah, I feel your chest, right? And so I think to myself, well, I'm hugging other people like that. Are they just oh, feeling everything? Actually, I have a question about that. It's weird. I-, I give really, I give like bear hugs, but I've always oh, wondered nice. if I'm hugging a woman who has or larger someone. breasts, but specifically, if I'm hugging someone with large breasts, yeah. does it hurt? We have a bear sometimes, hug? Uh, sometimes. Depends on the time of month. Okay, got it. Okay, so so regardless, I should be gentle with a person's. Yeah. Breath. Okay. Well, here's my, here's the thing that I'm doing now. Tell me if this is if you approve. Okay. I'm asking for permission first to hug. People. Yes, I used to also be like I'm a hugger, and then I'm you know it's not fair to someone who's not. So I might just say, oh yeah, 
uh, do you, yeah, do you want to do a hug or a fist pump? Or like, yeah, I'm a hugger. Is that okay? If not, great with fist bump, elbow yeah, bump. Yeah, exactly. And that it's like it's it's not bad or awkward if you're not a hugger. Yeah. But I did. I was in a meeting once. And someone wasn't a hugger, even though I went in to hug, and they told me, and I respected that. And by the end of the meeting, they said we could hug. Honestly, that happens to me a lot. Like, people aren't sure they want a hug, but then they think, oh, I would like a hug. You know what I mean? Yeah, or they get to know you, and they're like, okay, you're not weird. It's okay. We can hug. Like, you seem to have good energy. Seriously. (laughs) All right. Well, that was our hug segment. (laughs) Brought to you by Lots of Love. Okay, coming up in 30 minutes... This story is wild. These small robots that could someday be used inside our bodies. We'll tell you how in 30 minutes. Plus, uh, Barbie Laverne Cox is here. More on the Tea Report in a moment. Yes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre called on the Senate to act on gun control legislation in the wake of the Uvalde Elementary School shooting. America has more guns than people in this country. If more guns were indeed the solution, we would be the safest country in the world, but we are not. And so the president has been very clear. He wants action. He wants Congress to take action. He wants to turn this pain into action. And I hope the Senate, and particularly those who have been unwilling to act in the face of previous tragedies, will act now. And that's what we are hoping and urging Congress to do. Meanwhile, Guadalupe Joe Garcia, who is 48, the husband of Irma Garcia, has passed away from a heart attack just days after his wife was killed in the shooting. The couple had four children. That's just horrible. It's, you know, I mean, there's something, I guess, morbidly romantic about the idea of, you know, dying of heartbreak, you know, but I just, I mean, (sighs) these shootings have knock-on effects that, you know, some are obvious, some are not, and that's one of the many reasons why we have to do something about this. Definitely. I mean, it's just, yeah, really tragic, this whole thing. Uh, Moving on to a private Christian university in Tennessee who has proposed restricting how students express their sexuality and gender on campus. Yep. Under the proposed policy at Lee University, students are not allowed to identify or dress as a gender that differs from their biological sex or sex assigned at birth, which includes requesting new pronouns. They're also banned from speaking out against the restrictions, too. And that's according to a leaked document that this local news station got in Tennessee. And they're scheduled to go into effect during the fall semester. It also prohibits heterosexual sex outside of marriage and displays of of affection in same-sex relationships. So I... when I audited a debate class at Lee University yeah. in my early 20s, and it's wild. They pray before at the beginning of every class. And um, so they have the, they've had this policy for a long time where if you get a, what, 100 demerits, you get expelled. And if you get caught having sex, you get 99 demerits. Oh, God. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a wild uh, Gilead world they live in. I know. And then it's unfortunate. I, like, why, if you were part of this community why you would even attend a school like that. But well, sometimes some people don't have a choice. Yeah, you know, some people like their parents will only let them totally. go one place. You know, it's really sad. I, I don't even know how that's legal. I get it. There's like that freedom of speech in a way or freedom of religion. But then it's like, at what point do you put it on some other people? But it, because if it's, if it's private, it's a yeah. private school that, well, paying for school is hard, but also your parents have to cooperate if you file the FAFSA. So if you want to go somewhere else, your parents have to give you their tax returns so that you can even qualify wow. for in-state tuition. So if your parents won't let you do that, then you only have the choices they give you. But isn't this illegal? Like this is discriminatory or under certain, any sort of acts like no. that people could sue? There was a class action lawsuit against a bunch of universities. I mean, I think it's kind of a gray area, but more or less it's a private university. They can do 
pretty much what they want. It's like a Ugh. private club. They can do whatever they want. Sucks. Well, moving on to Kevin Spacey, who is back with four new sexual assault charges. Wow. Who yeah, knew? Yeah. British prosecutors said today they've charged actor Kevin Spacey with those uh, four counts of sexual assault against three men. An announcement that came as the actor was in court actually in New York testifying in a different case. This is his full-time job now at this point. The Crown Prosecution Service said Spacey had, quote, also been charged with causing a person to engage in penetrative sexual activity without consent. The incidents allegedly took place in London between March 2005 and August 2008 and one in Western England in April 2013. The alleged victims are now in their 30s and 40s. I just, you know, I mean... I want to say I'm a big fan of restorative justice, however. Yeah. At some point, some people just need to go away. And I'm not saying prison. Maybe he yeah. does. That's not what I'm commenting on. All I'm just saying is some people just need to not be in the public discourse anymore. And I think Kevin Spacey is one of those people. It's, this, it, it's a lot when just new cases keep coming out. Yes. At that point. Yes. And those of us who are survivors, you know, it's re-traumatizing every yeah. single time. You yeah. know, even, you know, we, we deal with it, but it's not cool, you know? It's just not okay. But it's like, what do you do? Again, he has his own free will in that way. Like, he'll continue to live and try to work and do his thing. Yeah. I mean, and, until he gets arrested or put behind bars. Yeah, I mean, he's done heinous things, but, you know, he has rights like the rest of us. Yeah. That was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News. Oh, it's time for the T-Report. So, I'm really excited about this. Um, Laverne Cox is getting her own Barbie uh, right before her birthday. So, her birthday is coming up on Sunday when she's turning 50, by the way, which I'm shocked by. Um, so, uh, she, we got some, some tape of her, uh, on the Today Show today talking about it. This year, particularly, went over 200 pieces, 250 pieces of anti-transgender legislation have been introduced in state legislatures all over the country, targeting transgender children, LGBTQ youth, that I hope all the kids who are feeling stigmatized when their health care is being jeopardized, their ability to play in sports. I hope they can see this Barbie and have a sense of hope and possibility. Mm-hmm. If they don't see themselves in this Barbie, I hope they know that they can create spaces where they do see themselves, mm-hmm. where they are represented, because yeah. representation matters. You know, it's easy mm-hmm. for me to go to, oh, you know what, the religious right's going to be in up, up in arms about this. But you know what, It's I think we need to focus on the good news. This is really going to be meaningful and helpful to some trans kids and some oh, kids yeah. who aren't sure how they identify yet. This is a big deal for them. It's good. I love it. I think it's great. And yeah, this will be a game changer for sure. I bet you it's going to sell like hotcakes too. I hope so. I mean, she says, yeah, she was involved in every step of the process. It's needed. It is. It is. So good on Laverne Cox, an early Yaz queen. Yes. Oh, we have, oh, you don't know where the, do you know where the sound effect is? Do it. No, producer Vanessa doesn't know where the sound effect is. We hit it from her. It's a little trick we do. There we go. Yes. Quick with your fingers. (laughs) Okay. uh, Coming up next, Ryan wanted to talk about this, about how to fix the Senate. And I I strong armed you into letting me do this, so I'm grateful. But it makes sense because we all want to know, like, what do we need to do to change the things that are not working in this country? It's our democracy. We get to fix it when it's broken. There's a filibuster. But if that doesn't happen, there's another option. Yes. Yes. We're going to talk about how to reform the Senate. Great. Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As we try to support things uh, from the, on the Democratic side, whether it be LGBTQ rights, whether it be rights uh, for choice, right, in terms of, um, we're not going to say female rights, but rights to choose what you want to do with your body as it relates to that fertility, etc., right, 
Roe v. Wade, as it relates to gun reform, a lot of times we say, like, well, the Democrats are in majority. In the end, Republicans just can block it. And then we have Joe Manchin, of course. Yes. Right? And then there's the filibuster. There's a lot of obstacles to pushing anything through that could be a game changer and actually support us starting to create some progress, right? Yeah. And so you have a theory, right? I do. In terms of the Senate and how to actually make things happen without actually bringing in the filibuster, right? Or yeah. taking it away. Yeah. So, you know, the, the filibuster, I mean, the terminology is a little bit confusing because of what the word filibuster actually means. Yeah. And but, you want to break some of this down? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, filibustering technically is when debate just goes on and on. Uh, someone who's filibustering will, well, traditionally talk and talk and talk and talk so that the clock runs out so they can't vote on a bill before the time is too late or whatever. So things about how the Senate has had has runs itself have changed over the you know couple hundred years it's existed um and today today to vote to end the filibustering which is what we call the filibuster takes 60 votes in the senate that vote is called cloture it allows it forces debate to end without that 60 votes debate never ends and that's why those bills don't pass that's technically what's happening but that rule only exists started existing in 1912 this wasn't a thing before 1912 it's a recent addition to the rules of the senate so that they can make it in some ways harder to pass a bill in the senate so instead of needing 50 of your party to pass something along party lines which is half of the Senate, you need 60 votes. That's what the filibuster is. It's a vote to allow another vote to pass uh, on whether or not the bill's going to pass. When you just do like keep it at 51, if it's, it's you know, 51 means majority. 50, it has yeah. to be 50 plus. Well, and that's what most people think the Senate does. Most people don't realize it takes not 50 plus one, it takes 60. That's part of the problem. That's part of why people get frustrated with the party in power in the Senate because they don't understand that if they don't have a supermajority, then it doesn't matter. They don't really have that much. They have some power, but not the power we think they do. And has this always been such an issue, this debate around the filibuster? And have we seen, I, I guess, constantly when you have a majority, bills that are, could really be a game changer just to constantly not get passed? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, we are not the only country that has something like the Senate. So England has the their parliament which is what we think about right but they also have a version of the senate called the house of lords which was uh created in um well actually uh it's been modified multiple times but originally it was like our senate they they were a second vote on bills before they became law Mm -hmm. and then in 1649 it was basically dissolved and the version of the house of lords that exists today has virtually no power it's been amended several times since then but they can't they can only delay bills they can't stop them so so if we amended our senate to be like the house of lords in the UK, which, by the way, remember, much of our government structure is based on, um, then we wouldn't have to worry about the Senate having a filibuster or not, because they can debate all they want. They don't. It doesn't matter. They are they are advisory. They're not required. Okay, so it's like having advisors in your company, but still the board makes the decision or the like whoever owns majority. Yes, because the senators don't get a vote on the board. Yes, exactly. And part of why this is important is because, you know, California has 44 million residents, right? And we only have two senators. If you take the 22 smallest states in the country and add them up, they're 44 million people, but they get 22 senators. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So even though literally millions more people vote for Democrats than Republicans every cycle, 
most of the time, Republicans still have more is, power. Isn't that the Electoral College? That's what it's based it, on. Well, the, no, that's a separate but similar thing. Um, and so, in getting rid of the Electoral College is going to have to be a separate process because okay. it's a different constitutional amendment that. Okay, that has to do with pre- the president yes, voting. Yes, yes. So yeah, so let's talk about. But the Senate seems to be there seems to be a, like a bit of an issue with that too. Of the senators not representing all the people. Yes, and actually, this is this blows my mind. So before the beginning of the last century, senators were not elected by the people of a state anyway. They were appointed by the legislature, and it wasn't until 1906. So here's okay. So this is when a change was oh, made in okay. 1906. A journalist started publishing pieces in Cosmopolitan Cosmo uh-huh. uh, about how that sucked. Yeah. And then by 1912, they changed it so that the people of a state elect senators, and that was a constitutional amendment. People elect senators instead of their legislature. Well, I, I'm down with that because I think if someone's like leading the country who we're not necessarily we don't like and they're doing bad things then you don't want them doing that. It's when the right people are leading that you Mm -hmm. want them to be pushing through the the right things. Exactly. I mean, we should get, we deserve to have the government we voted for. And we don't get that right now because of the U.S. Senate. So what's the option? You said you had a solution. So so (laughs) we just, I think we should just introduce, and this is not my idea, by the way. I didn't start this, but I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Introduce a constitutional amendment that takes power away from the Senate and moves the power that the Senate has to the House. So that way, it's just like the House of Lords. It has opinions, but it ultimately doesn't matter. And who represents the House? Well, then the House would be like the like the House of Commons in the UK, which we have now. It's apportioned by population and elected based on the people's popular votes in a given district. So it would be just like we elect members of the House now. Okay. Yeah. The House of Representatives. House of Representatives, yes. It would be just like that now, but that would be the only legislative body. Fascinating. Ryan Basham, everyone, our political analyst. Thank you for breaking that all down. I'm just saying, be positive about change instead of resigning to failure. Well, yeah, but we need to push through new ideas like this. And yes. how easy is that? Let's talk about it. Well, history happens in, sm- in small bits, sm- yes. with small movement, yes. in-, in increments, yes. as they say. Fits and starts. Yes. Uh, coming up next, how do you feel about robots in your, bo- in your body? What could possibly happen with this new technology after this? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so a new study came out um, that involves how in the future we're going to be able to put small robot crabs in our bodies. These are (laughs) robots, bots that are just half a millimeter wide and are controlled by lasers. Would you want to insert these in your body if it could help you, right? They could do surgical procedures, you know, help you with your health. Would that make you feel comfortable? Well, I mean, the last time somebody asked me how I felt about small crabs in my body, it was at a health <laughs> clinic, you know what I'm saying? Oh. So so this would be better because Ooh. it would be a positive. Right. <laughs> Honestly, it makes I'm me... I'm sorry. Oh, you know what? It's all good. You know, it's part of... It's cost of doing business. <laughs> um, I, I would say, you know... I would love this because I'm a huge Star Trek fan and I keep thinking about, um, you know, there's a, one of my favorite Star Trek series is Star Trek Voyager and there's a, 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 a Borg character named Seven of Nine and she takes her, so Borgs are like part robot and uh-huh. she takes her, they have these nano probe things or nano things that they can, that help their body stay healthy. And so she takes them out of her body and injects them in someone else who's dying to save their life. Oh, and I'm like, nice. what if you could just put little tiny microscopic robots in your body if you're going to die to save your life? I would so yes. be down for that. So the one thing that always worries me is, you know, if someone could hack the robots and they could, they could slowly kill you, right? That would be weird. But overall, I tend to agree. I think the, the fear of 
around this is bigger than the reality of how it could help you. So my friend Taryn actually did a documentary called Being Human about the people that are like part robot, part human, and they all had issues, whether they're paraplegics or they have uh, MS, and actually putting some sort of, you know, you could say bot or tech in their brain allowed them to live again and actually move their bodies properly. I mean, that is the future. And so there is fear. And even you see, and you need to watch this documentary, Being Human, you see the fear they have even of like, you know, what happens? Like either this is going to work or not work. And in the end, it, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. If anything, it helps them and they can live better lives. And I do think that is going to be the future, whether we like it or not. And we can talk about all this fear we have of the hacks or what could happen and and someone taking over us or our brains but in the end like if, if you can't live with these things with what you have like diseases or ailments then like you will be in a place to try anything right Absolutely. and i would say also how many people we know obviously have surprise heart attacks right blood clots if you had something in your body that was minuscule like and I did, oh my God, I did a paper on this in ninth grade or 10th grade, <laughs> nanotechnology. What? Like really This was small obviously nano. like five years ago when you were in middle yeah, school, Yeah, of right? course. I mean, I'm surprised I even knew about it then. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was like groundbreaking that I was writing a paper on this. But, but imagine they could sense if something's weird in your blood pressure, mm-hmm. like before early, and then notify an app or go yes. in and start fixing it, right? Opening like your, uh, not blood vessels, but your... Your, yeah, your heart. What's it called? Your aorta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, I mean, your th- artery. And think about how crazy you, how people thought it was crazy to get blood transfusions in the beginning, and now if you're a car accident or something, that's what you expect. Fascinating. So, uh, tiny little robot spiders in our future. Yeah. Thanks to the engineers at Northwestern University for publishing that study and letting us know what's happening in the cool. future. All right. Well, next up on the show, DC Black Pride. We got some announcements. Pride announcements Ooh. coming up. I'm excited after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, hope you're enjoying that great music here on Channel Q. More to come, so don't go anywhere. But right now we're about to get you entertained and informed. We have this crazy story coming up in 30 minutes. What if you saw your sibling naked in public? What happened to this one woman in 30 minutes? It's really embarrassing. It's not what you think, though, okay? There's a twist. Plus, a revival of a Broadway favorite. Ryan's got that tea in a moment. Yes, ma'am. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte. Is that how you pronounce it? I think it is Gianforte. You know. And, uh, his administration says transgender people cannot change their birth certificates, even if they undergo gender confirmation sur- uh, surgery, in defiance of a court order that temporarily blocked the Republican state's bid to restrict trans rights. So basically, the court is saying no. Yet he's like, mm, I want to overrule this. Yeah, right? and, and tragically... This probably helps them get more votes. Ugh, gross. The state health department said in an emergency rule that it would no longer record the category of gender on people's birth certificates, replacing that category with a listing for sex, either male or female, that can be changed only in rare circumstances. Now, Sherelle Griner is pleading for President Biden's help and got really emotional when talking about her wife, Brittany Griner's detainment in Russia today. 
if he is a person that can get my person back, I would love to meet him. You know, I have requested a meeting with him. And so I hope he accepts in the near future, you know, to meet with me because I want my person back. You know, um, I feel every second that BG's not here. You know, most people are counted by the days, but it's not a, it's not days for me. Like, okay. It's really sad what's happening in this case like uh she's obviously being used as leverage right absolutely or is that sim- to uh, simplifying it too much i mean well it's, it's i think it's both it's complicated and straight up she's being used yeah it's just horrible and do you feel like this was someone else something would have been done already uh i don't think that's necessarily the case i think she had really really bad timing um <laughs> yeah. and uh and insofar as that she is a professional athlete from the U.S., maybe that was had an impact, but I don't know if... Um, I mean, Russia's a very homophobic country, so possibly... Yeah, she is a black gay woman. Yeah, and they are racist. But, well, I can't say all Russians are racist, but they do have a history of violence against people of color, um, a recent history. So maybe, but I think ultimately, I mean, you know, she went, went back into Russia at a real bad time. Oh, it's just really horrible. I'm uh, Moving on to some good news. Black Pride in D.C. is back, returning in person this year. Since 1991, black LGBTQ people and their allies have gone to D.C. during Memorial Day weekend to celebrate the beauty of the black LGBTQ community and actually to raise awareness and funding for AIDS, HIV. And they had a two-year hiatus because of the pandemic, and they're now returning in person. The event this year will run for four days, and they're going to have both local and international people there from I mean, England, France, and even Ghana. The weekend will start with an opening reception on Friday, May 27th at 5 p.m. at the Renaissance Washington, D.C. So if you're nearby, if you can make it out, go check it out. They know how to do Pride in D.C. Oh, yeah. I actually walked in my first Pride in D.C. for the D.C. Pride. Yeah? That was really special. It was when I was doing a deal with Marriott. What? You know, they were doing a lot uh, around Pride, and we brought in a bunch of YouTubers and influencers. Amazing. We walked the streets of D.C. That was really powerful. Yes. Anyway. That was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News. Okay, so uh, one of my favorite musicals of all time is coming back to Broadway, starring someone you might have heard of, Sarah Bareilles, uh, is now going to star in a revival of Into the Woods, headed to Broadway. It is, let's see, I want to make sure you all have the dates. It's preview start on June 28th, and it runs, uh, and opening night is July 10th, and it runs strictly for a limited eight-week engagement. So if you're in New York, or if you're going to be in New York during that time, check it out. It's got a, a who's who of Broadway stars including uh, Patina Miller, who's one of my favorites. She's played that same role before, the Hollywood Bowl. She was incredible. Mm. I saw her. She was also in the Hunger Games movies. She was like a military general in the Hunger Games movies. Like, yeah, these are epic people. So check it out. Into the Woods, headed to Broadway, June 28th. Maybe I'll see you there. Oh, love it. I need to see that. I haven't, you know what? I'm going to New York uh, June, uh, sometime in June. I don't need to be specific about dates and where I'm going to be. People will be at your but, hotel. Um, yeah. Uh, but I'm so excited because I haven't been there since before the pandemic. It's been a while. Uh, I love that city. Yeah. It's my it's second good, home. It's a good time to go. You know, we talk a lot about how single I am. Um, one of my <laughs> one of my wishes is to marry somebody who is like a New Yorker so we can have a beautiful bi-coastal yes. you know, relationship. I love it. Yeah, right? I always thought I was going to be in New York, but... L.A. ended up being the place for me, Cali. I'm a Cali girl. I mean, the weather's better. (laughs) It's true. Let's be real. Right? Okay, well, next up, how do you feel about plagiarism on social media and what classifies as that? We're going to get into that debate after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Plagiarism and 
uh, on the internet and social media is a, a very interesting thing. Yeah. Because there's a lot of gray areas. And it's something that's been debated for, I guess, you know, decades since the beginning of the internet. Yes. Right? Because, and I would say in, in music too, with remixing also. But the internet has really, and social media has amplified it all and Absolutely. put it on steroids. Yes. And so the question is, you know, one, what is okay to copy and what is not okay to copy? And, you know, because in the end, what makes something a trend and what makes it popular, part of that is the ability for someone to take it and use it and make it their own. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, you know, do I want a meme made out of something I've said or done? I mean, if I want to be more famous, probably, you know, or like if I have if I run, uh, run a TV show and people are making memes out of my TV show, I, I probably want that. Right. Yeah. So at what point? Is it illegal or wrong? Or is it based on more how you feel about it and about what you've created getting Mm. in the hands of other people? Like, I think that when it's used, maybe, and and when something's a meme, you kind of lose control of it, right? Yeah. And it could be used for good, for bad. I don't know. I think when it starts being used in a way that is defamatory, Mm -hmm. right, or maybe taking opportunities away from you, possibly then that's wrong. But then also that's very... Uh, personal, right? That's that's a very personal thing, subjective. Yeah, I can't remember who, but somebody uh, prohibited Trump from using his song on the campaign trail. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's obvious. You know? I think with music, it's become a bit more clear. Although with TikTok and everything and songs, it's still actually very clear. You are not allowed using songs. It's the artists and the label that together decide if they want to kind of allow that. But also, you know, it's also allowing someone to monetize with it. I think that that's also the line. If you're just using a video and just posting it or using a song, it might be okay. If you're a bigger company or someone who's monetizing their song and not giving them a cut of it, that's when it becomes wrong. Yeah, well, I also think, you know, in your try- if you're trying to figure out if you want to take someone to court over this, you got to think about how much is it going to cost to take them over court or to court, and are they making enough money from it that whatever I might win in court is worth the cost of suing in the first place, you know? Yeah. Like, some people just let it go because they're like, it's not worth the fight. But if you're taking, you know, as a big company, one... Uh, an original and what is original, right? But something that is very clearly a copycat, yeah. right? And I could clearly show that I had the idea and I posted about it before you launched it. Mm-hmm. Like, and you are a huge company, or you're someone who ends up making money from that. I believe there that person's in the right to ask for something in return or to sue those people or that company. Oh, totally. Well, you know, um, Vanilla Ice, you know, there was that controversy back in the day about whether or not his song was a sample of that Queen song or a ripoff of that Queen song. And so they sued him and um, they sort of kind of won because they ended up getting making it so that um, they shared the, the, the writing credit. But he bought the rights to that Queen song anyway, so it's a moot point. It doesn't matter. Oh, got it. Well, this is where, and I'm not going to get too geeky on you, um, and I might be called out by my program director for talking about this, bringing in like blockchain technology or like any sort of technology that allows you to track original IP. Mm -hmm. And that could be an image, a video or a song. Yeah. And blockchain allows you to do that so that whatever shows up as that or someone using that and monetizing it, you would automatically get a cut and actually would encourage then the use of whatever you've created, which I think then allows it's a win-win. Yeah. 
Well, there are already uh, bots out there that help you find your copyrighted material on the internet. I like, like I have a lot of friends who are actors, and so they'll cut together scenes from TV shows they've been on, oh, and that's yeah. called a demo reel. And they'll have the little logo of the network that it that it aired on in that clip. And so there are um, there's there are bots that comb YouTube for these demo reels, and anytime they see one of those little logos, they do a copyright request to have it pulled down. So, like, actors don't put their demo reels on YouTube anymore. That's my biggest thing. It's like, take the money. At least let me just keep the video yeah. up. And then you just take the money. Yeah. Like, it's so, it, then it helps both of us. Yes. I could have my video, maybe get some views from it. Maybe that will help people discover who I am. Mm-hmm. And then you, you just take the money. It's a win-win. Exactly. And you're also, I think, entitled to to some degree, to use someone else's copyrighted material if it's proof of your work. Well, that's a thing. I mean, that could be debated because if you sign a contract, got money up front yeah. for them to own it, then that's that's a moot point too. But it, it's interesting because this article that was on Vox.com talks a lot about this. Like, you can't copyright a dance or recipe or a yoga pose. Although, the thing is, you might copyright the name of something. Like, hmm. maybe you might have created Bloody Mary and trademarked it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then maybe I need to every time I I create a Bloody Mary, then I need to give you a piece of that if I monetize on it. Not maybe if I'm just drinking it and having fun with it. Well, you can't trademark something that's already a part of the you know. That's the thing vernacular. too. But you know, I own what's trending, right? Mm-hmm. My biggest mistake I made from the beginning is that I didn't use my trademark mm-hmm. off from the beginning, and so now it's kind of out of my hands at the same time though i've started using it and reaching out to people who are using it yeah and actually we are doing takedowns or you know you need to license the name yeah and it's and it is working because i have the international trademark for news and broadcasting around what's trending i mean you know what's trending tm uh, i mean (laughs) hello a, a cease and desist letter from your lawyer goes a long way Exactly. So I'm just saying, watch out. We're all on social media. Watch what you post before you post it. Mm-hmm. And just be be responsible and respect other people's work. I see other, you know, they, they also talk about these podcasts like the uh, true crime podcasts, right? Usually inspired, by the way, by articles out there. Oh, yeah. And people that did original reporting. And yet these podcasts aren't even giving the original reporters credit or bringing them into the project. That's, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Come on. Do that's silly. better. Do better. Do better. Okay. Well, coming up next, how would you feel, and this we are shifting gears here, <laughs> if your sibling saw you naked as an adult? The crazy story that this woman shared next. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A stripper. A stri- I can barely say that. A stripper. <laughs> <laughs> a stripper went viral this week after posting a video where she claims that she accidentally worked at a bachelor party, but not just any bachelor <sighs> party, her brother's bachelor party and didn't realize until she was completely naked. I can't. I can't. I mean, that's a lot. It, yes, literally. It's all of it. I feel like it's there's two sides to this. I feel like you're either one of those families that everyone just runs naked around each other. But then it's also like when you're at a strip club, you're also like des- dancing really sexually. So it's not yeah. just like you're like being a goof and naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's <laughs> there's nudity that's like this isn't a sexual thing. These are just whatever. And then there's nudity that's like this is sexual, and right? that's what this is. So the video was posted by this woman Kendra Dull X, and she um, is sitting. It seems like at the club. You know, at another moment, because she's looking back, while text is over the video saying, I ended up being the stripper at my brother's bachelor party, and I didn't realize until I was completely naked. The video, not surprisingly, has 7 million views. So, 
I mean, the question is, what happened when she realized? Did she go away? Did she like? Did she stay? Did she hang out? Did she pretend she was someone else? At that point, you would think if you're looking into someone's eyes, everyone would recognize each other. Oh yeah, no, no, the ship has sailed. Yeah, um, and and now everyone knows what you look like when you're trying to be sexual naked. And that's, I mean, that you can't undo that. I mean, you can definitely get past it, but it's it's still forever. Yeah, and and someone questioned how authentic this was, saying, "You're telling me you didn't know he was getting married. What city the batch was in, when it when it was, recognize him or any of his friends?" And someone says, "I would have noticed all my brother's friends, and most definitely my brother." But then others came out with their own experiences, saying that um, one person said, "My older cousin's a stripper, and once her dad, my dad, and her uncles came to the club." Oh and saw her accidentally lost their minds with anger. And another person talked about their experience that she felt panic when she thought her dad walked into the club that she was naked on stage at. Turned out not to be him. I mean, I have I had a good friend in college who paid her way through college uh, by being a stripper, and she made great money. And she, you know, she was, uh, you know, a lovely person. All, you know, all these wonderful things I could say about her, but I, she was very open about being a stripper. And there was only one strip club in the area. So, like, Everybody knew. There's no mistaking, you know, like her, if her brother or somebody was going to go in it to the strip club, I mean, he would have known to be like, hey, BT dubs, are you working tonight? You know, because I might want to go, but I don't want to go if you're working, obviously. Right. But I, I imagine some people who are strippers don't tell their families. Oh, yeah, you know? definitely. I have, I have someone I know who recently told her family and she was, you know, it, it, I think there's always a bit of that awkwardness, but she's killing it, making a ton of money. It's really empowering for her. Mm-hmm. And now she's finally has some financial freedom. You know, there was a TikTok actually of someone doing a quote unquote slide, like a presentation for family of like, and revealed in the presentation that she was a stripper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you see that TikTok? But producer Vanessa saw the TikTok. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, <laughs> and she's like, this is why it's uh, not harmful. This is why it's empowering. This is why you shouldn't shame. I mean, great. I mean, and, you know, pole dancing classes are like a legitimate form of fitness now, which I respect. Hello. Love yeah. that. It's very, very hard to do. Oh, my God. I did one of those classes. Mm, not good. I mean. And you actually realize how... Uh, not flexible you are and how yeah. unsexy you are when you do it for the first time. The physical prowess to be a, a good stripper is like, I mean, you, that's you know, bar none. Like, you have to be best of the best physically to do that job. Totally. Um, and uh, let alone do it for hours a day, many days a week. Jeez. Although, you know, I... So it's kind of related to this. I dated this guy once who hmm. who I kept in touch with. And later on, he told me he met someone at a, like an event that turned out to be his first cousin that they had never met. Oh. And they ended up dating for a long oh. time. And they knew they were first cousins, but they didn't know each other as kids or anything. It's two men, Still. so they can't make, you know, they, they can't accidentally make a baby or something. Well, that doesn't matter. I don't Cis think men, it's about the baby stuff. It's just about the fact that like. But is it immoral or wrong or something if it's two cisgender men who can't make a baby? What's wrong with it? So it's only wrong if you can make a baby with someone? I don't know. Is it? I just think it's, there's, I think you need to be like way far away. Agreed. Like, I don't even know. If I knew you were, even though we're all related in some way, Uh you know what I mean? But I think if I knew you were a bit down the line, like your great, great was my great, great. I don't know. I would just be like, there's other people in the world out there. There's other fish in the sea. I have something on this. Oh, God. My parents, on their wedding day, Uh found out they were sixth cousins. What is up with you and these stories? I know, right? That is actually pretty rare. Maybe it's not. I mean, they're from West Virginia. Everybody's distantly related. I mean, I feel like that's kind of close. Like third cousin for me is close. 
Yeah. So you add another three, but I mean, what are they supposed to do at that point? You've been together and you're getting married. Or what about that guy, you know, the fer- fer- fertility doctor who, you know, secretly inseminated like all these women with his semen instead of their partners or whatever. Yeah, well, that's and now there are over a hundred people who live in this town who may not even know they're related to each other. Yeah. So if it happens, it's a surprise and you're really down the line and you're like in love. Well, I get what? it. But then it's like, does that change the love, right? Or the attraction? Yeah. We went from... Uh, stripping in front of your family to now dating someone who you're oh, related to. Oh, man. And you know what? I know my relatives are listening today. Oh, they are? Yeah, I'm going to get texts. <laughs> I may already have them. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. If I All disappear, right. it wasn't my relatives. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, if you have any stories you want to share with us at LGT Shows, where you can find <laughs> us on social media. Bless everyone's hearts right now. Yeah, and get a DNA swab before you get too serious. I mean, that's uh, what I did with my partner. You know, I was doing some fertility stuff. We got a blood test to see, or and, and the P test, every type of test. And then it actually it shows the, the further you are away, like the more you're not like someone, the actually healthier your yes, offspring will be. Absolutely. So don't do some things or like have babies with someone who's like you. Yes. We should all mix it up. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. The great melting pot. Okay. Next up on the show, Colorado's gay governor is helping LGBTQ parents. We'll tell you how next on What's Trending This Hour. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future, in vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.